This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Well, good morning to uh, all the listeners. It's uh, great to be back on the Doc and Guru podcast. Unfortunately, I'm flying solo again this week because the the doc is still away in London. Doc, I'm impressed. You obviously enjoyed the Arsenal-Brentford game. You've decided to stay on for the uh, Arsenal versus Wolves game. That's Thursday, Doc. Again, I'm expecting a pitch report from you. And I was just struggling with uh, the correct words for sort of supporters. Now, I I was just watching a show the other day, and apparently the... uh, the fans or uh, supporters, let, using the polite word, of Benedict Cumberbatch, the well-known British actor, refer to themselves as Cumberbitches, which I think is a most extraordinarily unfortunate sort of choice of name for yourself. But, Doc, I was trying to think of what we could call your groupies. So I'm, I'm just, for the moment, to all Doc's groupies out there, I think we're going to call you Doclings. And uh, apologies to all the Doclings that the Doc isn't with us again this week, but hopefully back in time next week. But... What I'm really excited about today is we've got a guest from Nigeria, Tamara Ojiega, and I'm, I'm sure she's going to pick on my pronunciation. I've had several desperate attempts to get it right and failed so far. Tamara Ojiega is the Chief Client Officer of Kantar in Nigeria. Uh, Tamara, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, Gordon. It's Ojiega. <laughs> there we go. You see, I knew you were going to do that. I mean, I've been practicing. <laughs> I had the lip movements. I had everything sorted, and I've... I've crashed out that's bad but you know thanks thanks for joining us really uh, excited because today we're going to be talking about your Cantor report 2022 in africa the good the tough the growth um, outlook and prospects in west africa um, and there's a phrase there which is in the introduction which i really love it's almost a mantra i think for what media planners should apply in their disciplines we learned a lot we know a little 
and we want more. What a great way to, to introduce a, <laughs> a, a report. So congratulations. Just on your opening sentence had me won. But just tell us a little <laughs> bit about the, uh, the report. Well, first of all, for, let's not even talk report. Tell us a bit about the, the media scene in Nigeria. I haven't been there for 10 years, so I'm a little out of date. Um, you know, how many agencies are there? I mean, how many people are, are, we, are we talking about? And, and is it Ooh. really Lagos-based? <laughs> Well, it's still heavily Lagos-based. You know, it's where a lot of um, things happen. Uh, a lot has happened in the last two years, um, no thanks to COVID, which shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. So the whole marketing and advertising landscape has really, really evolved and evolved quickly. Again, don't get me wrong, um, the traditional agencies, of course, still take the lead here because most of the clients still happen to be your well-established organizations. So think like your global FMCGs, telcos, or financial institutions, right? But what we've seen recently, it's um, the coming together of multiple industries. So your market consultancies, some tech companies um, leveraging tech as a platform, you know, to get insights to support the media teams to support research teams we've seen an influx of that so that's where the change is happening and not to mention of course organizations now trying to build their own internal strengths in these areas budget cuts here there but then we find that a lot of data insights media planning advertising research is needed and um the, the ratio of agency suppliers to how quick and fast clients want this information is, is where the parties, the tensions are right now. Yeah, it's, it's quite exciting to see news and insights coming out of uh, West Africa. I'm going back a couple of years and looking at the World Federation of Advertisers. They did a report on access to information in, in Africa for, for, for advertisers. And generally speaking, Africa was viewed to be rather poorly supplied with, with information and insights. So this is, it's great to see that, that things are changing there. Just a quick last question before we go into the report as well. In South Africa, uh, we're beginning to see green shoots in the, in the media industry and some of the media agencies are going back into a sort of a semi-live, semi-office, semi-home type environment. Are you seeing the same sort of thing now? Are people kind of getting back to the office or is it still very much home-driven? Um, very much office driven. I think we were one of the markets to ha to return to offices um, very quickly. So I believe Nigeria specifically, we were back to the office maybe like a month after. But there is flexi working. But to be honest, a lot of um, businesses have gone back full time. The offices where we don't have full time, mainly the client sides, especially if they have um, global counterparts and they're following their global protocols, you find that they offer more flexi working than usual. Otherwise, it's back to normal, pretty much back to normal for at least over a year. Well, that's fantastic news. I can't wait for the same uh, pattern to emerge <laughs> here. I'm afraid I'm, uh, I'm a slave to the communal office. Um, I can't wow. understand why people don't want to go back to the office. I mean, you know, if you want to be in advertising... One of the reasons you want to be in advertising is you love the people you work with. So uh, exactly. as soon as it gets back to that, the better. But let's come back to the report. Tell us a little bit about uh, how the report was compiled. And um, is it all of the ECOWAS countries? And, and what is ECOWAS? <laughs> okay. So um, let me speak 
about the project on its own. So first off, this is something we've been doing periodically to express our excitement for the continent. Um, it's, it's work that we're really passionate about. It's, it's very different from our traditional work we do with traditional clients. And this is just about showing our passion for the continent. And it also totally aligns with our mission at Canter to explore and advance the world. So basically, the reason why we have this setup is our ambition to see businesses and people grow in Africa. And it ties back to what you mentioned earlier on, where getting data was a bit of a struggle a while ago. And we've come to the realization that without that data, you cannot make um, great decisions that will move the people and businesses forward. So this is that gap that we're trying to fill in. So this is actually a third edition, and we continue to broaden the scope with each edition. So if you notice this particular edition, while we've always stayed within the West Africa range, for the first time we included South Africa and Kenya as well. Uh, and, and, and Ivan was actually a South African ambassador. I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with Ivan. He's been on your show before. He's, he's and, our um, number he... one guest. Yeah, he's, 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 he's <laughs> been on twice already. Wow. Yeah, so he was the ambassador this time around for SA. And we're also looking to expand to North Africa this year. So think you're Egypt, Morocco, Algeria. So the train is really moving. Now, specifically, when you mentioned ECOWAS, we don't cover all markets in ECOWAS. Um, in ECOWAS, the two markets we cover are actually Nigeria and Senegal. And because we believe they represent the Anglophone part of West Africa, ECOWAS, as well as the Francophone part. Um, there are a lot of similarities um, with other markets in ECOWAS represented by Senegal and Nigeria. And of course, there are some other insights we pull on, others, on, on other ECOWAS um, markets that we feature in the report. Yeah, I, and uh, just quickly while we're talking about West Africa, I, I forgot to congratulate you on uh, your football achievements, Senegal. Yay. I think. Uh, I think you know. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we said we'd never. It was this. huge. It was huge. So that's why, <laughs> listeners. I know we said we'd do this last week, but actually, we had to let the Nigerians off because they were celebrating <laughs> Afcon. So we gave them yes. a, a week to recover, and that's that's why we're doing it this week. Um, you also, you know, talking about confidence. Um, another one of the phrases which which really kind of resonated with me in the report was, "Winning brands will be those that revitalize hope." and optimism in a realistic way, which I think is also really something that we're beginning to see uh, as a pattern in South Africa. And, and you go through five key points in that process. So let's, let's kind of work through some of those key points. And, and we'll start off, first of all, with point number one, the demographics and urbanization and youth. Um, just looking at the population projections for, for the West African region, by 2050, you're talking about 796 million people. That's you know something short of a billion. Just say 800, 800 million. 800 million. <laughs> wow, that that's an awful lot of people. And what also mm -hmm. struck me as interesting in the report that you're projecting by 2040 urbanization of about 55 percent. Is that? I mean, how does that play in terms that of, of communication? What are the implications for that for for brands? So the implication is understanding, one, that the population is going to be double in size. There will be more opportunities for brands to grow because people need to be served, right? But more than understanding that people need to be served, most of these people are going to be found in the urban areas. 
making it a little bit more manageable for businesses to focus on these key areas easily, right? It's easier to reach out to them. I mean, we'll talk about technology later on, but you would understand why um, um, focusing on the urban areas is also a thing, a positive thing for them, right? But what's even more interesting is that more than half of this population is going to be um, the youth. Yes. So very young population. So if you need to be sure that you do understand what makes them tick, what they're interested in, and how to present yourself to them, it's no new news that we've all gone past the era where it's the brands that call the shots. Now the consumer is king. Yeah, and there's some really interesting insights from the report, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, you were talking about 50% of the population being under the age of 20 with a median age of 18 years. So in that respect, uh, a lot of similarities with South Africa. It's a very young market. Just a mm. quick question, um, the 55% urbanization. In South Africa, there, there's still a residual um, colonial purchase pattern where, where stuff is purchased in urban areas and sometimes moved back into rural, rural. Into rural areas. Do you have a similar flow? Uh, you know, yes, from, we do. Okay, we so, do. Yes, we do have similar flows where people in rural areas make maybe weekly or bi-weekly trips to the urban areas, stock up on supply, and then they go back home and then be the point for rural indigents to you know pick up those supplies or purchase from them so, so you so, do so have that here yeah. as well so it's kind of mini wholesaler you know, exactly sort of thing but don't get me wrong yeah. some people still go for distribution in there but not as yes. frequent yes, as yes. they will in the in the urban areas yeah so one of the things you referenced earlier was you know was the pandemic um and you know it's it's, it's a second point as well politics pandemics and economics and your report, rather interestingly, predicts, and I quote, no dull moments for 2022. I think that's another thing South Africans can resonate with. We don't have too many dull moments there. Um, talk to us a little bit about the the pandemic and the impact of that. I was struck by a figure that um, really leapt out of me that 83% of, of, of respondents claimed that they had already in some way been impacted by COVID. That's, that's, that's a big number. Yes, it's, it's massive. Um, we've, in the first place, uh, finances, disposable income was already a struggle in most of these countries. So the impact of the pandemic and forced lockdown only made it worse. A lot of people got laid off. A lot of people got out of jobs. And you're thinking people who earn daily wages. So to recover from that impact has been gruesome, so to speak. Um and in terms of the dynamic that we see now, a lot of people are just trying to stretch what they have. And what doesn't make it easy is the fact that inflation is going up, prices of everything is going up. So you're trying to get money and your money can't even get you what you were able to purchase before. So it's just that, that vicious cycle. And um a lot more people now have double jobs. Strangely, this part of the world, most people just operate on a single source of income. But we're starting to see that a lot more people are now considering having other sources of income because disposable income is no longer um, achieving the goals or the objective that it always used to in the past. This is pre, pre-COVID. 
Yeah, and that's one of the trends that comes out, I think, quite strongly in the report is is the growth of the entrepreneurial sector, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And I was intrigued to discover that the side hustle, as it's referred to in South Africa, is pretty much a pan-African thing. Everyone's got a side hustle somewhere. Everyone which, has a side hustle or two. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's great, and that's good for the economy. But one thing intrigued me here, and, and, and I guess maybe this is a point of – of difference between South Africa, you talk about consumer confidence plummeting, mm-hmm. um, and you know that COVID had left a scar. But I look at those figures, and in Nigeria, fifty-nine percent of people are optimistic, and in Senegal, seventy-five percent are optimistic. In fairness, twenty-five percent in Nigeria are confused, and thirteen percent are confused in Senegal. But it strikes me, you know, if I reflect on the South African uh, climate at the moment in terms of the psyche, that those figures are rather good, 59% uh, and 75% optimistic. I think we can work on the assumption here, this is an informal figure on on a sample of one, that probably 80% Mm. of people in South Africa are confused. So I'm not going to address that one. But if if 75% of people are optimistic, where's the plummet? I mean, was there a point where 100 people were were optimistic? Sounds like a great number. (laughs) <laughs> so specifically for South Africa, where we see the lowest numbers, um, so that drags the average down. But for Nigeria and Kenya, we were more hopeful, to be honest, before the pandemic. We were we were at least maybe 10 points higher than this in the past. And of course, the pandemic, the unrest and everybody screaming for good governance I mean, there were so many hashtag trending for us. We had NSAs, other countries had their own hashtags. Everybody's pretty much fed up. So that confidence is like going down, 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 down the drain. Mm. And most of us are looking for or hoping that this can end pretty soon. And that's what's really affecting the confidence. It's all the impact of the unrest, security, the fighting for fair governance that happened. Um, after the pandemic or after the lockdown that is driving this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's interesting. Um, and then you're saying the South African sample does mirror my intuitive kind of expectation. I think we're a bit confused <laughs> and a bit depressed at the moment. Um, mm. But I think the good news is then there's an upside as well. We've just got to get back on, onto the high road. One of the, the key points you've referenced, uh, you know, is is tech. And that comes through as a as a massive uh, revolution. You're talking about 5G up there, and I know that next week, if I'm not mistaken, in South Africa, extra bandwidth goes uh, on auction in South Africa from our uh, regulatory body, ECASA, so we should be seeing a drift into the 5G. And you make a statement that social media is the marketplace of the day. Wow, I think that that's a powerful observation because I think here we tend in South Africa to imagine that when it comes to uh, digital technology and 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 the and digital commerce, we might be market leaders. But the more I look at that report, it occurs to me that we might just be catching up. So, talk a bit about social media and it being the marketplace of the day. You're listening to the Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Okay, so that's a really interesting one. And we like to call it social commerce because there's a lot of commerce going on on the social platforms. So think your Facebook, Instagram, even WhatsApp, a lot of businesses are being born and are growing 
on that platform. I mean, we found ourselves in a situation whereby we had no access to what we've always known as where to buy groceries, food services. And then out of that situation, ideas were born. Um, and of course, you know, the, the tech space is heavily um, invested in in this part of the world. Um, we see a lot of global funding, especially in the fintech space. So those guys have been really creative coming up with um, platforms and products to support budding or upcoming businesses. Um, but that aside, social media has been the one platform, especially Instagram, uh, a lot of Africans go to to buy and sell from your fashion to food to services to coaching, mentorship, online education, everything can be found on Instagram. Yeah, it's an extraordinary thing. And I know from my, my, my trip to Nigeria some years back that uh, a lot of activity was done on a barter basis as well. I mean, that the informal sector is incredibly sophisticated. It's very active, but it's also sophisticated. And social media has, has obviously facilitated that. Yes, 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 you're very right. Um, we tend to be very creative in our ways. Um, so you have a lot of, would I say support? So if you support me, I support you in growing your business, in growing my business, and it's a win-win situation. A lot of collaboration, even at the lower lower social economic um, levels, right? So you're not thinking really expensive products or services. You're thinking about day-to-day -day products or services. People understand that. Um, there's more trust if they see you with someone who is trusted as well. And then we can always leverage each other's audiences or communities. So you have a lot of that happening. So there's a lot of there's a lot of collaboration. And uh, I enjoy, you know, compound words. So the word entrepreneur, obviously, you know, more and more you just stick something in front of it. So socialpreneurs and brandpreneurs I thought were <laughs> interesting words. But the brandpreneur one for me was intriguing because it seems that the report also is identifying that successful brands are brands that are cooperating or collaborating, you know, at the ground floor level with local entrepreneurs and some of those sub-distributors, for instance, in rural areas. Uh, is, is that a pattern that you're picking up? Oh, yes, definitely a partner we're picking up. So we have um, a lot of collaboration with micro nano influencers, a lot of co collaboration with new businesses that play in the same space or can leverage the same audience. Um, take, for instance, um, there's someone who does online training on how to create courses and how to go about marketing your small business. That person then has a collaboration with, say, I don't want the name brands, a huge um, global card brand. Yes. Because that audience that she has is the same audience that can benefit their business locally. And so they create products for upcoming businesses and partner with coaches like that. So you have um, a lot of those situations whereby brands are starting to understand that First, you need to gain the trust of the individuals, but most times is these content creators or brandpreneurs per se that have these communities and have built trust and have built an audience. And so they leverage that through partners, paid, partner, paid partnerships, of course. Um, so it's almost like a win-win 
situation. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, series of observations. I would I would have thought that uh, after Afcon, Saudi Amane's uh, influencer status might have gone up a couple of dollars uh, in, in that region. Um, you also talked about indeed. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've unfortunately I do have to mention his name because we have some of our dedicated listeners like Colin Rampas are rabid Liverpool supporters. So I have to throw that in. Otherwise, I'm going to get a comp- an official fine. complaint that I don't you know give them enough airtime. Um, one of the things you talked about as well was was technical uh, investment or tech investment, and it really was a eye-opener for me to see when it comes to tech investment that South Africa comes in number four behind Nigeria, Kenya, and Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an extraordinary thing, which I, I think many South Africans uh, would view as, as a wake-up call. You know, where do you see the future of, of, of that tech investment? Is it all linked to 5G rollout? Um, so it's beyond 5G. It even started before 5G. Um, most people are not aware, but the fintech space in Nigeria is so far advanced, it's ridiculous. Um, most people realize this when they have to travel out and the things we, we, the way we transact our business is using mobile and technology can't be done elsewhere. And you're like, but these are basic things we've been doing for years back here. So we've seen a lot of um, VC investments. In Nigeria, I think Nigeria accounts for almost a quarter of all the investments we've seen. And I mean, I'm sure you you heard recently um, or a while ago when Stripe bought one of those local locally raised um, firms, startups, and they've now gone global. So it's, that's not that we don't have one. We don't have two. A lot of those are popping up. And I think that the, the community in diaspora is also feeling this be- because they are also creating products, but then they are making them Africa-centric or they are identifying um, the fact that, okay, they come from a particular place and this their product is for, for their people. So we've seen a lot of that in recent time. And I think that this is, this is a time for Africa to, to run, in, run that race in this um, fintech space. Yeah, we're going to we're going to close the moment with it with a you know, couple of comments around the Pan African applications. But just quickly for for the listeners out there, how do they get a copy of uh, the Cantor Africa 2022 report? Um, okay, so either they can reach out to me. Our marketing page on LinkedIn has posted this. There's a contact form there. You fill in the contact form and then you download. The report is available once you hit send, right? And then you have access to download the report. So set, you can get it on LinkedIn or anyone can feel free to reach out to me, tamara.ojagatkanta.com, and we will direct you on how to get a copy of the report. It's yeah, available great. to everyone. That's great. And uh, I mean, I think, you know, in terms of open source reports, this is really been an eye-opener for me. I would really urge anybody out there who has an interest in a pan-african brand or, or just generally you know the, the african dynamic it's really worth um, working through the report you you've got a couple of key points for for brand uh, growth um you know is there sort of a f- easy five point or six point plan what are the things that brand uh, managers uh, marketers should be looking out for to make this a success okay um i have five points and the first would be understanding that 50% of Africans, West Africans specifically, 
are going to be under the age of 20. We already mentioned that. And all that says is we're a fast-growing, youthful population. Sorry, we're a fast-growing, youthful population that is fast urbanizing. So the the next set of consumers are your Gen Z. So those are the next set of core consumers. And the second thing to that, to support that first point is everybody needs to understand who they are, what makes them tick. So what are their evolving lifestyle behaviors? That's the only way you can get through to them, communicate with them, and then they, they would want to associate themselves with our brands. And the third thing is to be purposeful. Now, more than ever, culture and local matters and the commitment to building a a better world is also very, very important. So you're thinking sustainability. While it's still fresh and young, it's really, really important on the continent that we understand that people are now looking out, looking at brands to see how they behave in that sustainability space and what their purpose is um, in terms of culture and putting local out there. So the fourth one is is a no-brainer. We have to leverage technology. Leverage technology because this is where consumers can can be found on different platforms. It's the one way to connect and to grow with them. I mean, we're talking smartphone penetration as high as um, over 70%, especially in South Africa. Your numbers are quite high, right? And even in Nigeria, we're at 69% for smartphone penetration. You can only imagine where that is going to in the near future. And then the last but not the least, for now, um, prior to when the metaverse evolves, social media is the marketplace of the day and for the future, at least the near future. So you cannot be shy or you can't stay away from social media. This is where your consumer spends most of their time. And you need to be present because there's so much going on around at the same time. And we need to try and find a way to be part of what they consume daily. So those are my five tips. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, just to add to that, you know, for me, which was also uh, quite reassuring in terms of getting back to marketing basics beyond some of those issues or many of those issues, which pertain to perception and communication. Uh, some of the, the key points were improve your, your overall penetration, brand penetration, be available, innovate, offer an assortment of, of you know, a, of branded services. Pricing is crucial. So, I think, again, you know, we've become over-reliant perhaps in Africa on, on communication as the core to marketing, but all the core marketing principles are there. But just to close on an observation about metaverse, an interesting stat I was reading this week, 58% of people uh, in the USA don't know what the, the metaverse is, but 61% of them are quite keen to try it out. So uh, I'm not sure what that says about mankind when it comes to sustainability. <laughs> um, my personal plea would be let's maybe rather live in the universe in which we currently find ourselves. Once we've mastered that, we can try and drift off into another one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get out of bed and engage with the current universe. I'm not really at the point where I desperately need a metaverse uh, as yet. (laughs) And I'm with you on this one. Um, But if the world evolves, the world evolves. (laughs) Yeah, dear. See, that's an old age sigh. Oh, my goodness. That's the difficulty I deal with. All you young, talented, energetic people. You want to change everything. But tomorrow, that was was really great. Thank you so much for for the time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, And again, to all the Doclings out there, apologies for the Doc not being with us. Hopefully, he's going to be back in town next week. 
And uh, please, I would again just urge you to uh, to contact um, you know tomorrow or, or get on the Cantor page and download that report. And also, if and I, I've mislaid my notes here, but if I'm not mistaken, in the next week or so, the IAB is putting together a a study or a survey to try and get an accurate measure of digital spend in South Africa. So if you're a member of the AMF or you know anybody who's involved in digital investment and you and you feel that you would like to make a submission, I understand submissions are open for another week or so, please submit or or, or just have a have a chat to somebody at the IAB, go to the website, find out about the IAB investment survey and contribute to that. I think we would all benefit enormously by having a better measure of uh, you know uh, digital investment in parallel with with the traditional media as well. So please guys Check it out on the IAB website, uh, IAB Investment Survey, um, and let's just you know try and get it th- that measure to be as viable and, and as big as possible. So again, tomorrow, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate you being here. Hopefully, next time we get together, we'll not be in the metaverse. It might be somewhere <laughs> down uh, downtown Lagos with a with a glass of wine in, in our hands, and we can do it the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way. But just before we go. Um, I would like everyone to know that um, we're going. To, we're also working on a Gen Z version. You know, we mentioned we talked about how the Gen Zs are the next consumers. So we're we're, pre- we're preparing a webinar specifically for people who want to understand Generation Z in Africa. So that is something exciting that we're also working on and looking forward to in the next month. That that actually is interesting. We never got around to the Pan African thing because I think maybe. Um, understanding young people then becomes the key to unlocking the pan-African applicability of, exactly. of whatever we're doing. So just that we never got to that. So I'm going to quickly ask you that question. The findings that in the report, I mean, do you, do you get a sense of, 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 a, of a general pan-Africanness, you know, which is discernible in the report? Well, so it exists um, in a subtle way. In a very subtle way, there is some Pan-Africa where, where we see everybody wants to ad- identify as being African and identifying with their roots. So that's basically where we see it. But then when we come to the individual countries and markets, of course, culture um, takes a bigger role or plays a bigger role. But at the heart of it all, everyone is trying to identify as, as being African. So it's there in the, in the subtle way. But for now, people are still prioritizing home versus the entire continent. Yeah, yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense. And I'm going to let you have the final closing word here as well. One, this is probably the most important and most serious part of the show. I desperately need you to give some advice um, based on your own success and the recent success of Senegal. Have you got any advice for Bafana Bafana, our football team? <laughs> um, consistency is king. I mean, Senegal hadn't won in how long, if ever. So don't give up. Okay. Now, I, I, I go, <laughs> don't the listeners give out up. There, I'm, I, I can see tomorrow's face here and she's doing her <laughs> level best to be serious, to keep a straight face here. So to Bafana Bafana, all the way from Canton, Nigeria, don't give up, guys. We're still here for you. Take care. (laughs) Cheers tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers. And to all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, Take care. We'll catch you next week. Ciao for now. 
And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Matanz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.